17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan here in Baltimore. Ravens are prepared to go back to Cincinnati again after playing them for the last regular season game for their playoff game. And there's a lot of uncertainties um, going around uh, Cordell in terms of what we're going to see on Sunday. So let's just start with the offense. Um, Lamar Jackson has not practiced um, and it's looking more and more as if he probably won't play. Um, Tyler Huntley was also limited in practice on Wednesday. Um, And so, you know, Anthony Brown got some more reps. So the quarterback situation is very uh, bleak at this moment. We have no idea what exactly is going to happen. If you have to ask me, Lamar is not going to play on Sunday, which would tell me that this PCL spring was agreed to because of the time of which he had been out. Um, because, you know, we heard at first one to three weeks, but I think that that's based on a grade one. The grade two is where you see three to six weeks, and we're at the six-week realm of uh, Lamar's injury. So uh, it looks like it's either going to be Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown that's playing Sunday. Yeah, it's starting to trend towards that way. Uh, you know, Anthony Brown, he got majority of the reps on Wednesday. We'll see if Tyler Huntley is able to throw it all this week, but it it is looking like it may be the Anthony Brown show again, and maybe not. Maybe it's a situation where they want to rest Tyler Huntley's arm throughout the week with the idea that, you know, he's going to be ready to go Sunday night. I I think if it's a situation where Huntley tells them that he feels like he can play, they're going to play him uh, simply because they are going to trust that um, the, the fact that he has more experience out there, he has more of a rapport with the with the offensive guys uh, out there from the linemen to the to the guys catching the passes. So um, that may not be what everybody wants. And, and then if we're being real, I think it's kind of a lose lose situation at the quarterback position anyway. I mean, you don't want to go into the playoffs having to play any of your backups. So to yeah. Have to pick, between your second string or your third string quarterback, it's not ideal. Um, They've just got to go with whoever I think they feel like gives them the best chance to win. And ultimately, who do you trust to take care of the ball the most in this? Uh, And and I I think that's what it's going to boil down to because neither of these guys are going to come out and all of a sudden the offense is going to just be scoring 30 points. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think that you're necessarily getting a boost, a significant boost, I should say, in offensive production from one or the other. I, I think it's just a matter of what is it that you're looking for? If you're looking for a guy that's going to go out there and, you know, take care of the ball and give keep you guys uh, in the game, keep you somewhat on schedule, you're probably going to be looking for Tyler Huntley. If you're looking for somebody that's going to push the ball and, uh, down the field and look for opportunities for big plays to happen and try to make something happen in the passing game and give guys an opportunity to make plays, 
then that's probably going to be Anthony Brown. It's just, you know, I, I think the com the one thing that they're going to approach this with is we want the game in our defense's hands. More yeah. so. We want to be able to give our defense a chance to win this game for us. Um, you can't do that if you're having four turnovers in a game. You, you, you can't do that if drives are stalling out before you get to the to midfield. Both of them guys have their warts. Anthony Brown has the turnovers, and Tyler Huntley has the issues of not being able to sustain drives. It's kind of just like you got to pick your poison uh, right now. And if I was picking, I mean, it's, it's tough uh, because, like I said, is is I don't think the margin of of who's better is 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 that wide. I, yeah. I really don't think <laughs> that it's you know that much of a difference between either of these guys. I just getting in their heads. I really do feel like Huntley would be the option if he if he comes out and says I'm good to throw now. How long of a leash does he get in the game? That's you know that's something to watch. I I, I do believe if Huntley starts, it's not a guarantee that he finishes the game. I could see them kind of pulling the plug on that maybe in the second quarter, maybe at halftime or something. If the offense isn't going the way that they wanted to, they got to do something. I mean, well, I just, what's the point of starting Huntley if you feel like he's going to struggle? You know, maybe because if you think that Huntley will go out there and keep you on schedule, give you something in the read option, maybe obviously, I mean, he's not Lamar, but he may give you something. Uh, if you see that the offense is able to put up a couple of points, there's no turnovers, is a close game. If they go into halftime down 13 to 10 with Tyler Huntley, then, you know, he's doing his job most likely. He's not out there to win you the game. He's out there to not lose you the game. Uh, so I, I would say he's probably doing his job. But if they going into halftime down 17 nothing, then I would imagine, okay, we got to make something happen on the offensive side of the ball. We got to take some chances. Anthony Brown gives us our best chance. So I, I really wouldn't be surprised if we see both of these guys if uh, Huntley starts, or really even if Anthony Brown starts. I mean, if Anthony Brown goes out there, is he afforded the opportunity to have three first-half turnovers again? I don't think so. You know, so if yeah. he starts and it's not looking good early, sure, sure we could see Tyler Huntley. Uh, it's very crazy because you're right in terms of like nobody is out, you know, is like widely different than the other. Both of them have different strengths about them that allows them to, you know, make a case for why they should start. Tyler Huntley obviously can um, get into some pat, uh, some some running lanes and, and gain some yardages uh, yardage on his feet. Um, and then Anthony Brown has an opportunity to push the ball down the field the way that Tyler Huntley can't do. Um, but ultimately, they're both undrafted free agents for a reason. And I think they've shown that um, Anthony Brown's a rookie, though, you know, so there's obviously an experienced side that Tyler Huntley has, especially since he started games at the end of last year, just like he did this year. So there's that part of it, too. Um, my concern, though, is that if they do play Tyler Huntley, that the Bengals just decide to play defense the way that the Steelers did a couple of weeks ago and um, find a way to completely sell out on um, stopping the run and forcing you to throw. And if that's the case, that, then it's going to be a long day. 
Um, I don't think that we figure out who's going to play anytime soon. I don't. I feel like this is something that we're not going to find out till Sunday because there's you don't want the Bengals to know who they're preparing for first and foremost, right? But then also, I just don't think that they know what who they want to put in. You know what I mean? I think that this is a very difficult situation to have because you know Tyler Huntley's injury doesn't make it. Uh, a complete, you know, well, we got to go with Huntley. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there's that part of it. But then Anthony Brown, to me, yes, I know he had the turnovers, but, you know, we talked about that on earlier this week on the podcast. You know, one of them wasn't on him. And, and, right. and you know, the other one, yes, he does have to find a way to move around. But that's, a, to me, a rookie mistake. But I, I didn't think that he played bad in the second half. You know, I think, if anything, his teammates were the ones that just did not uplift him the way that they should have. So you do have a dilemma here. Do you stick with the guy that who you've always stuck with when Lamar was out and Tyler Huntley? Do you play Anthony Brown because he gives you a better opportunity of moving the ball down the field and they can't sell out on on stopping the run because you know he can throw the ball so uh you know i'm if i'm the i'm glad i'm i'm not the person that's making that decision uh it's funny cordell because a part of me was like you know what if we saw something like a dude playing one half or a dude playing another half i know that sounds crazy i'm not a fan of it but like at this point if you think that you could potentially get lamar back the following week do you just Throw every do you throw the kitchen I mean, sink out you, there and just say let's figure out if we can come out with a win. <laughs> at this point, the office has been so dry that you got to think outside the box. I mean, it's it's there is no tomorrow, and I can't stress that enough. You know, they're not going to have a different set of receivers come through that door. You know, they're they're not all of a sudden going to show up and be this team that is. Uh, the team that they were in September where they were a top three scoring offense in the NFL. Like this, who they've been over the last month and a half or so is who they are right now. Um, and I, I do think that they have to get creative with their game plan. They've got to pull out all the stops for this game. You're playing a very good opponent that knows you very well, but you have the element of surprise in your pocket because the neither of these quarterbacks are necessarily guys that yeah you you may you're going to have film on Huntley and even a little bit if you're the Bengals on Anthony Brown but these aren't guys that you throw out there on an every week basis these are your backups you can find a way to kind of throw a wrench in your game plan a little wrinkle in there that Cincinnati's not used to obviously it's tough to Re redo your entire scheme in a week. I'm not saying do that, but you can find a creative way in your game plan to do something that you have not necessarily done a lot this year. Um, so if I'm not, I'm not advocating for going out there running a two quarterback system or anything like that, but if that's what they feel like gives them the best chance to win to kind of <laughs> give each of those guys their own set of plays or whatever, I don't care. The offense <laughs> is so bad. That yeah, I can't blame them if they decide to come out there and do some unorthodox stuff. To be honest with you, I mean it's it, it's they they're down to their last. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of time to chuck it up and pray, and, and that somebody's going to be able to uh, come down and make a play down there. So uh, I think we we need to be prepared for anything on Sunday night because the Ravens should come out as the more de as the more desperate team. I'm looking for straight desperation 
from the Ravens on the offensive side of the ball, scratching and clawing and doing anything in their power to find a way to get at least into the 20-point range to give themselves a chance to beat these guys because anything less than 20 points, I, I, I think you're looking at a big-time L. I agree. And, you know, this is the situation now where, you know, Greg Roman's contract, I believe, is expired after this season. What does he have to to lose at this point, too? I mean, we keep hearing about this ball. Just just little throw. Just dump the ball and and pick some plays, dog. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that we don't know what happens to Greg Roman at this point. I, I had to assume that he won't be back. But if he wants, if he's not, if he's not back, he has to still like try to come up with a way to get a job somewhere else. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So do whatever it is that you need to do. Come up with whatever scheme you need to come up with. This is the time to be as different and creative as we've seen. The way that the Kansas City Chiefs was running around in the little circle before they went out of right. and, and to the formation. Do something like that. If y'all got to do a little two-step before you get into your formation, I don't care what it is, okay? Uh, figure it out. Because this is the opportunity. This is the week for you to say, F all of that. That you are just trying to win a football game. You want to live to see another week. And hopefully you get Lamar back if you're able to come out with a win. Um, and it's funny, though, Cordell, because, like, even with Anthony Brown, he, he had more yard, more passing yards, you know, than Joe Burrow. So it, they weren't afraid to try to throw the football in that right. game. And that was against the Bengals' starting defense. And, and you know, what you'll try to hear from, you know, Bengals' uh, media is that, well, they were playing very vanilla and all of these other things. And I don't buy that for one bit um, on either side of the ball, quite frankly. They had a situation where they didn't want to have a coin toss involved, and so they wanted to play hard. And so um, I, I just think that you have to figure out Who's going to maximize what it is that you're trying to do to win this playoff game? And if it's Tyler Huntley, then and if he's able to play, you play Tyler Huntley. If it's Anthony Brown, you play Anthony Brown. Um, but, you know, look, if you got to play both of them, bearing injury, because I'm not suggesting that, you know, hopefully that both of them are healthy in this game. Do what you got to do. Figure it out. Because you need to come up with some magic at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they need something uh, to, to happen for them to, to pull this upset. The spread has done nothing but grow over the last couple of days. It started, I think, at seven, seven and a half. It was six and a half, and a half when it first it came six, out. Okay, six and a half. Well, we're up, we're up to eight and a half today. Um, so they're, they're out. The, they Everybody sees um, what's kind of going on with, the, with this Ravens team, and especially at the quarterback. Uh, position right now so that spread is going to continue to go but you know just uh, even other positions offensively I, I think that it's going to have to be a big J.K. Dobbins day Dobbins yep. is going to have to carry the load offensively and this is what he's been wanting to do he's been wanting to have the team count on him and kind of let him be that that workhorse and go out there and, and carry the load offensively and he's going to get his opportunity not a, not only just Sunday night, but if they win, you know, it's kind of going to be the J.K. Dobbins show, I would imagine, throughout the playoffs as long as they're in it. So you're going to need all of your weapons to be on point. J.K. Dobbins, Kenyon Drake, if he's going to have to replace Gus for this game, is going to have to do a really good job of uh, keeping that defense 
uh, on their toes when he's in and gets his his carries in the game because if Do- even if Dobbins gets his you know 13 to 16 carries for over 100 yards you're going to need Kenyon Drake to pitch in at eight carries for maybe 60 70 yards something like that yep you're going to have to keep the running game pushing even when 27 isn't on the field in the passing game Mark Andrews is going to have to be elite and Isaiah likely is going to have to kind of cement himself as the number two guy in the passing game. And he's got to be a focal point. He has to be, it's going to have to be the Andrews and likely show in the middle of the field. They've got to find a way to attack those guys. And, And when you got both of these guys lined up next to each other, you, there's ways to really pop one of these guys open. Yep. And the receivers at some point are going to have to make a play in this game, especially if they're, in, if they're uh, attacking the middle of the field with the tight ends. It's going to open it up for the receivers to win some one-on-one matchups on the outside. They're just going to have to win at the line of scrimmage and finish the play and actually catch the football and not fumble it. That's uh, the biggest part. I think yeah. that, that that's the biggest part is that because they, they were able to I saw at times that they were able to get open. I don't think yeah. that, that secondary outside of um uh Bates is, is that good. Uh, I but but you know, catching the ball is, has been the issue. Um so they they like, like you said they literally have to find a way to get out of whatever funk that they're in and step up and and be a contributing factor to help either quarterback in this game. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be huge uh, because it's going to have to be all hands on deck. The performance that they had last week is not going to cut it this week. It didn't cut it last week. Right. Uh, They they got got themselves an L. So everybody's going to have to have their best game of the season on the offensive side of the ball if they're going to win. I completely agree. Before we get into our next segment, Uh, Make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there is a new episode, you will get the notification and you will be the first to receive it. So we saw the defense play, um, you know, like they were they came to play uh, in the last game against the Bengals. And, you know, we know that there has been some chippiness going on. And uh, Roquan Smith was asked on Wednesday about the chippiness and how they they were going to come out and play on Sunday. See you Sunday. That's my favorite thing, Cordell, is that, you know, look, he he wasn't giving the Bengals any type of bulletin board talk, but he was he is basically saying I'm all action. I ain't doing a whole lot of talking, you know, but uh, Patrick Queen was another guy that pretty much acknowledge you know that there were some guys that didn't like each other out there and that you know they felt like they needed to show that whatever they were doing last year because obviously they had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball last year they weren't about that this year and obviously they won the first matchup in Baltimore lost the second one but if you start looking at you know, if you break down the numbers, defensively, they they played pretty well. Now, obviously, they had the three turnovers that they had to, you know, they gave up touchdowns for those. But that was a short field situation. Outside of that, the Bengals really wasn't doing anything. And, yes, there were some missed um, throws from Burrow and and there were some open guys. But, I, I listen, sometimes it is what it is. Joe Burrow was a number one overall pick. And so I'm not going to make any excuses that the defense might have had some breakdowns there. But the fact that he couldn't connect with his guys, to me, is a, is a Joe Burrow and Bengals problem and not a Ravens problem. So, 
you know, clearly there's some bad blood here going on between um, the defense and the offense uh, uh, bo on both sides. But this, the, the Ravens' defense and the Bengals' offense seem to have the most beef <laughs> in terms of, like, what's going on here. And so, you know, I am interested to see how this is going to go. Like I said in the last segment, you had some Bengals media say, well, both sides of the ball came out pretty vanilla. And I'd argue, Cordell, that the offense of the, the Cincinnati Bengals is not different, dif difficult at all. It's not a difficult offense. They have two number one guys at receiver. So how they run this offense is nothing, you know, out of the realm. It's nothing like what we see with Kansas City or anything like that. It's a basic offense, but it's run well because of the players that they have. And so um, when asked about that, because obviously, you know, there was, let me let me preface this. There was a bulletin about how the Bengals have played this season. And their their two worst games were against the Ravens. So um ironically, against the Browns and against the Steelers as well, they were the next in line of the worst that the, the Bengals have played. So clearly your divisional rival knows who you are, knows how you play, and there's an advantage there, right? So the Bengals, you know, struggle against teams that they play on a regular basis. Now, here you are playing the Ravens defense again, back-to-back -back weeks. They already seen what you had going on because you've played all of your starters because you did not want to do the coin flip and all of that um, to get home field advantage. So I feel like that there is something to say to, to have some momentum if you're the Ravens defense going into this game. I'm not saying that the Bengals gave them everything that they, they, you know, had. I'm just simply saying that outside of what we saw, I don't think that there's like a whole different playbook that they have available. I think that what we saw is what the Bengals typically do anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. That's kind of was my logic. They took the shots down the field. They attacked. They went, yep. to, they went to all their better players. And, uh, you know, they they gave Jamar Chase and T. Higgins opportunities. You're right. You know, I, I think that uh, that the Bengals, while they may not have shown their entire playbook, you, you kind of got the gist of the things that they want to do. They are who they are. And their offense isn't as necessarily um, as – creative as a Kansas City or anything like that but it's the players in this offense that make it so good you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you've got maybe the best wide receiver core in in all of the NFL so um is is and Joe Mixon even though they haven't run the ball well this year Joe Mix Joe Mixon is a big time talent at his yeah. position um, and the offensive line has gotten better, and they're dealing with some injuries. Alex Kappa looking looks like he's probably not going to play. They're already down Lyle Collins at right tackle. So the Ravens, first and foremost, have to win at the line of scrimmage. Got to yep. do it. Got to win at the line of scrimmage. That's the that's your way. That's the kind of weakness in this in their armor right now is is right there at the line of scrimmage, which was their Achilles heel last year as well. And you talked about the Bengals having their worst outings against pretty much the entire AFC North. I don't think it's a coincidence that that's happening. And if you look at it, the common denominator between all of those teams is that they're all physical. 
And, yep. and I think that's the one thing that they struggle with. They they struggle with going up against that level of physicality. The AFC North division might be the most physical division in all of football. There's a reason why they're going up against these teams and they're not able to just run circles around them the way that they are everybody else. You start getting hit in the mouth a couple of times, you slow down. And so that's what this division forces you to do. So, yeah, I, I do think that the defense has a little bit – of a, a, I don't want to say advantage because I still think that the Bengals' offense is so elite that it's is, is going to give this defense problems here and there. But I think that this defense is going to give them problems as well. And while the Bengals' may offense may be the better side of the ball than the defense, uh, I, I still think that this is a defense that can hold their own and play good enough uh, to ultimately win this game if they get enough help from the other side of the ball. But granted. It's not, it hasn't been enough evidence to show that they're going to get the help that they need. They played good enough in some of these games down the stretch to win, and yet they didn't win. Um, so the defense is going to be relied on to make a lot of the big-time plays in this game. They're going to be relied on to force some turnovers this week. Uh, they're going to be relied on to potentially have to score a touchdown in this game. They're going to at least or nothing else – give the offense some really good field position a couple of times in this game. They're, they're going to have to show that they're the best unit on the field. And a lot of people continue to talk about, you know, the Trent Dilfer year and how the Ravens. <laughs> like, okay, if you want to go back to them, then you're going to have to get that same type of defense that they had back in 2000. And as good as this defense is right now, they're not playing to that level. You know, and I would say that it's tough to play at that level in this day and age in the NFL because the rules are so much more yep. favorable for the offense than they were yep. back in 2000. And you look at the quarterbacks that were, I mean, the Ravens played against Kerry Collins in the Super Bowl that year. You look at the look at the quarterback pool in the AFC alone right now. You're going up against a special group of quarterbacks. You you can't just go out there and say. Uh, our defense and, you know, uh, uh, a quarterback that's just going to manage the game is going to be enough. Granted, Jamal Lewis was a, was a stud back then. Maybe J.K. Dobbins can have a similar type of effect uh, on the ground, but I, I just feel like the landscape of the NFL is totally different now than it was then. A great defense and a dominant run game would possibly be enough to get you through the playoffs back then. I just don't know if that's going to be enough right now to necessarily get you all the way to the Super Bowl and ultimately win a Super Bowl with your backup and third string quarterback. But if it's going to happen, this defense is going to have to play out of their minds right now. And maybe they can't, you know, Roquan, the, the big money man, you know, he's got a little more extra motivation coming his way. So he seems like he's got a little extra pep in his step. Uh, and I don't know how much more pep he can get. The dude does everything at 100 miles per hour, but uh, he just seems like he's locked in, which he always does. I think this defense as a whole, uh, I, I think last week did give them confidence that they can go out there and bully these guys. And to be honest with you, the way that the Bengals are crying, it almost yep. plays into the Ravens' hands. Like, look, absolutely, we, we, we didn't even go out there and really give them you know, everything we got, and they're already crying you know, off the couple of love taps that we gave them. And, you know, you, you said it earlier, you felt like 
the beef is really between this defense and the Bengals offense. I think in large part due to the Bengals offense have been the ones that have done all the talking through the offseason. It's the receivers that were going on the podcast, running their mouths. It was Joe Burrow. And, and Joe Burrow. Man running his mouth and uh, saying he loves playing the Ravens and everything. So you can't expect to go and go on this whole, you know, world tour of podcast and run your mouth about a team that you play twice in a year and think that nothing's going to come to you on the other end. The Bengals are talking, you know, acting like they got, they got something for this defense or, some, you know, they're going to give them something back on Sunday night. I hope they're ready to receive it. Uh, as well, because I, I don't think that the Ravens defense is going to back down. And I'm not necessarily saying that the Bengals are going to back down either. I think that this is just what you get when you have a division rivalry and you're in a situation now where these teams are going to be playing each other for the third time this year. The, you know, the animosity is through the roof at right. this point. It's a matter of who's going to be able to channel that energy and use it to kind of give them the momentum boost they need. Yeah, and if they thought that, you know, the Ravens were chippy or, you know, whatever, Marcus Peters didn't even play exactly. uh, on Sunday. Yeah. And he's yeah. probably their biggest trash talker yeah. and, you know, their, their biggest fiery, the most fiery dude on that defense. So you had to – look, I have talked about, you know, Marcus Peters' struggles this year. Everybody knows it's well-documented. But I think it's safe to say that Marcus Peters is better than Worley, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and so you had a time picking on Worley. Good for you. You know what I mean? But Marcus Peters is going to be back on Sunday and, you know, it, it's going to make, it's going to raise the stakes just a little bit in mm. terms of this trash talking. We also saw Calais Campbell come back on Sunday and, you know, immediately, I, I think Joe Mixon only had 55 yards rushing or something like that. So this is a guy that, you know, really is a part of this offense. He, he keeps the balance in that offense and really didn't have anything going on Sunday, which we've been talking about for weeks, the importance of Calais Campbell on that defensive line. And you're right, because losing their second offensive lineman really could, you know, affect what, you know, what they're trying to do. And if you start adding more snaps for a job, which I, I have to assume that you would, it's playoff time, you know what I'm saying? And trying to do what you can to rush the passer, this might be interesting. Now, what they did last week was, Joe Burrow really was keeping drives alive with his feet. And the Ravens really have to find a way to finish these drives, to finish these, these plays, because they were getting the pressure. The pressure was there. He just kept escaping them. So they have to find a way to, to make sure that he doesn't escape out of these plays and close the deal with some sacks. But ultimately, I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, they have to be the ones that are going to have to catapult whatever type of uh, you know game this is going to be if they're going to get a win I think they can do that too you know um and so this will be exciting to see because like we both have said it's the the Bengals offense against the Ravens defense that have done most well the, the Ravens defense has not said anything the Bengals offense has been the one that's been doing all the talking so you know the Ravens defense is just putting their head down and they, they they're just getting ready to play as they should you mm. know um, and so it'll be interesting. I definitely think that some extra hot sauce is going to be added to, you know, some plays and we might hear some more whining, 
But, uh, you know, I think that one team just want, wants to talk about it. I'm not saying that they're not about it because we know that that team has gone to the Super Bowl already. But one team wants to complain and talk about it, and the other team just wants to be about it. About it. So we will find out who's going to win that match uh, on Sunday night. All right, before we get to our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to know. All right, Cordell, you know this is my least favorite segment. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know how many of these we have left. So let's call it week one. Week one of the 2023 season playoff time the slate is clean everybody is at zero zero now the national media has given the ravens no chance even though i've seen some national media had the score pretty close not like blowout for you know um the most part that a lot of people think that this will be a close game. And I think a lot of that has to do with the defense and how they played last week. But having a second or third string quarterback obviously changes things. I think that a lot of us thought that if Lamar was able to play, you know, th that their chances would be pretty high on competing in this game. And so it looks more and more like Lamar is not going to play. So how do you see this fan do the ravens find a way to extend their season or is uh this going to be the end of the road yeah i i have a hard time coming up with the scenario where the ravens are able to pull this upset I, I the spread is up to eight and a half now i wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to cover that i think that this will yeah. be a tougher game uh than what week 18 was i the, it's not going to shock me if the Ravens find a way to win a little bit of will. I'll say I'll be surprised, but I don't know about necessarily shock. Uh, but I, I got to go Cincinnati right now. Just I, I don't have enough reasons to to really pick the Ravens right now. I'm going to say Cincinnati 27, Ravens 13. Um, I, I still just think ultimately they're going to struggle to get into the end zone. I think they're going to struggle again in red zone play calling. I, I think a lot of the things that we're hoping are changed overnight aren't going to be changed overnight. I think we're going to get a lot of the same things that we've seen all throughout the year. Poor play calling in certain situations, receiving core, letting you down, um, drive stalling out. And I, I just don't think, J.K. Dobbins and this defense is going to ultimately be enough to win in the game. I think the defense is going to go out there and play some, you know, play well. But ultimately, I think the dam is going to break, and the Bengals are going to get that touchdown maybe late in the game when it's been maybe a seven-point game or a six-point game or something like that. They're going to get that touchdown late in the fourth quarter to kind of just put the icing on the cake and break away. Yeah, I, you know. I remember a playoff game in 2009 against the Patriots in which Ray Rice uh, had 
over 200 yards and uncharacteristically I think Joe Flacco had 10 passes or something like that because he had gotten hurt the week before against the Raiders so somehow some way they come out and they win that game that they you know many people didn't think that they were going to win um, because I think that they had just barely got into the playoffs I think that they them winning against the Raiders the week before solidified their playoff spot so it's not that I don't look and so we know that J.K. Dobbins wears that same number 27 I think that J.K. Dobbins is is potentially going to have a day um I don't trust the wide receiving group of this team to elevate either quarterback whoever they decide to play I also agree with you that I think once they get into the red zone they continue to try to pass the ball instead of running the ball, which is a very weird concept to me, uh, particularly when you had a situation um, in the last game where King and Drake did run the ball for a touchdown. It worked, but then you, you kind of gave up on it after that. So as much as I want the Ravens to throw the kitchen sink at the Bengals, it, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that they are who they are. And yes, I know that this is completely late in the season to acknowledge that, but we just have to understand that that's who they are. The Ravens are not going to do the things that you want them to do. I do think that this continuously will be a rivalry type game where I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I think that the defense is absolutely going to step up and do their part. I just think that there's so many inconsistencies on the offensive side of the ball that you, you just can't find a reason to think that they can overcome everything that they've gone through this season without Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that the Ravens um, lose. I, I, I think that the score is going to be 24-17. Because it feels like the Ravens just can't get out of the number 17 since Lamar has been down. Um, they can't get past that. They don't really know how to get into the 20s when Lamar is not playing this season. So, yeah, I think that this is the, the end of the road for the Ravens. So the bad thing is that I think that this is the end of the road for the Ravens season. The good thing is, is that I think this is also the end of the road for Greg Roman's season. So, I mean, look, you got to find a silver lining somewhere. Yeah. And if you can. If you find the silver lining and get them potentially moving on from a guy that you wish that they had moved on from earlier, then this might be the chance here. Yeah. Yeah. This will, this will be the opportunity right now. I would imagine that this is probably it for Greg Roman after this game or after the season, whichever one comes first. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's going to be a tough game for the Ravens to pull out. And I think that they're going to play those guys very, very close. I don't think that this is going to be easy for Cincinnati by any means. And could the, I mean, I could draw up a scenario where the Ravens could win, you know, uh, yes, yeah, they get a couple of turnovers. They capitalize on some big plays. They, they take care of the football. You get big days from both of your offensive stars and JK and, and uh, Mark Andrews. Um, the defense is good enough to keep them in the game. Are they going to be able to take advantage offensively while they have that window to either take the game, take the lead, or just, you know, stay within reach? Um, it's just the Bengals can just kind of light you up at times. Uh, they they do get in that groove. But granted, they haven't necessarily – the Ravens haven't allowed them to get into that rhythm to where 
they're just going crazy on them now. If they're going to allow the Bengals to score 24 points and a half, I find it hard to believe that they're going to beat them at all, considering it's been a long time since the Ravens have scored 24 points in a game. So they can't allow any of these big halves that the Bengals have. They have one very bad half, and then they'll have a very good one. You can't allow the good half to get them into the 20s. If that good half is them scoring 13 points, maybe something like that, 10 points, cool. But you got to try your best to keep them at 20 or below to give yourself a fighting chance because anything more than that, you know, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of out of their range, out of their scoring range right now. They just don't have the capabilities to put up points. And, it's, and I feel like as I'm saying that, they may just come out Sunday night and score 30. I don't know. You know <laughs> I don't I, see I don't that know. happening, but yeah, you know I, what? I really, I really now, don't. I, I don't, you I don't know, see now, it happening. I, I would argue that if they had a number one, like if Rashad Bateman was healthy, I'd give them a better chance. I would. No, for sure. Because that, that, that's one person that they have to keep account for in addition to Mark Andrews, right? Which allows your run game to really flourish. Because you can't, you know, just sit here and say, well, we're just going to shut this down and force you to do this, right? Um, I think one one guy could really make a difference in how we feel about this game, regardless of who is at quarterback. The problem is, is that they don't have it. And so here we are. Yeah. I mean, they're grasping at straws. Um, they they need – that's why it sucks that Gus is out because they don't have – Oh, we don't know if he's going to be out, I should say. But he's in a concussion protocol. We'll yeah. have to see how it goes throughout the rest of the week. But the threat of him being out isn't what you want because – they need every weapon that they have at their disposal yep. on yep. the field Sunday night. Um, and Gus is one of them. Gus is a big part of what they like to do. He's their closer. You know, Gus is kind of the guy that wears that defense down and come fourth quarter, you give you give him a heavy, heavy load, heavy dose of Gus Edwards and see if they want to tackle him for the last 15 minutes of the game. Um, but without him being there, even Kenyon Drake filling in, he's not the bruiser that Gus Edwards is. You need Correct. that bruiser to go along with J.K. Dobbins, who has a physical style of running, uh, who has a physical run style as well, but just not as physical as Gus, obviously. So um, that I think they will be missing that element because the, it's a part of their formula. It's a part of their formula to wear defenses down and impose their will and get into that bully bully ball style of play on, on, uh, offensively. But not having that, it takes that element away. Um, and now you're going to really have to lean on J.K. Dobbins a lot in this game to uh, to to not only get you the big plays, but also probably get you in the end zone and try to close this game out for you. Yep, completely agree. So we'll find out on Sunday if the Ravens find a way to shock the world and win this game. Um I'm hoping that they do, you know, I would love to see Lamar play at some point, but you know, they have to win the next week to even see if that could be the case. So, you know, it, it should be interesting how this game goes, particularly when you, we just watched the game last week right. and see how this, how this plays out. Um, I'm excited. I think, <laughs> see, you know, I, I know everybody's like, Oh, I'm not really like that. I, I think that I'm interested to see how this goes, particularly because I told you. Yeah. yeah, it's still the playoffs. And we talked about this earlier. You know, they don't vote that well against the AFC North. So, you know, you, you got to 
say that there's a chance. You right. know what I mean? Everybody that's in the playoffs has a chance. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I know that the, the quarterback situation is not attractive. I completely understand the why everybody is, is feeling the way that they do. But I also think that the, the rivalry makes this all interesting to, to watch and to see who's going to level up and try to get this team over the, the big hump that they have coming up. So we will talk about this. Um, we'll talk about the, the game, obviously, after the game next week and do a recap. Hopefully it's it's a, an upset win, but, you know, if not, we will be talking about how the season ended. So um, looking forward to see how this all pans out. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game as best as you can. Enjoy the game. Uh, And we'll be talking about it next week. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.